welcome back to the fire drill. Hey, before I get into it, uh, Tuesday morning, the fourth episode of the grind, uh, sponsored by our friends at golf tech. Uh, this is about Joe hooks plays on the APGA tour, uh, from Detroit. Great story. Great dude. Uh, so that will drop on my Twitter account on YouTube, fire pit collective, go there, subscribe, like, comment, do all those things, please, so I can stop saying that because I hate asking people to do things, but it's needed. Please go there do that. Uh, this week on the Fire Drill, we tried something new. We watched, We, I mean, we all wanted to watch the Super Bowl. So uh, we watched the last uh, 35, 40 minutes of the Waste Management Open kind of live on TV. We talked about uh, Tiger and whether we thought he'd make the cut. We talked about how Michael knows what year he was married. And it's an amazing ending to the podcast. So uh, stay tuned for that. Uh, We talked about uh, a couple of awesome dudes that gave me some tickets to give away to families. And uh, it was a lot of fun, as it always is. So uh, thanks to Golf Tech for supporting the grind. Uh, Thanks to Jake, our producer, who's behind the screen. Uh, Without further ado, here's the three of us talking golf. I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out. Trying not to think what I'm thinking about I got thoughts in my head Can't get them out Trying not to think what I'm thinking about Hello, this is Alan Shipnuck back for another Fire Drill podcast joined as always by Michael Bamberger in Philly and Ryan French in the heartland of America. Um... So the Phoenix Open, there's a debate every year about, is it good for golf? Has it gone too far? Is it too much? Um, it was another rousing week in the desert. Um, Ryan, you appear to have some thoughts on this. Jump in. I think it's perfect once a year. And anyone who says differently, I just I just like, they're probably like the anti-hoodie crowd. Uh Listen, more than once a year, totally agree. It would be way too much. Okay. It's ridiculous. It's like people running, dressed up. There was a streaker. Pretty good streaker. Good work by that guy, by the way. Uh, <laughs> made it all the way to 16, all the way to 17, jumped in the pond, got onto the letters of the waste management, and they couldn't do anything about it. Um, more than once a year, ridiculous. Once a year, perfect. Good for golf. I think. of the players, maybe a little less, maybe 90% 90 of the players love it once a year again. And uh, I think it's great for golf. (laughs) (laughs) Maybe Um, 10, 80 like it, 10 tolerate it, and 10 hate it. Is that that fair? I think that's okay. Michael, you're the voice of the establishment at times, um, but also a cool guy. So I know you're you're probably conflicted here. Just give it to us straight. No judgment. Once a year, I absolutely think it's great. And the only people who don't like it are the hoodie crowd. <laughs> Hold it. Someone has already said that I'm completely, I know I really am with Ryan here. I I have to say it did take me years for it to grow on me, but now I'm sort of getting it just Super Bowl week and all the rest. And it's different. And as long, as long as nobody's getting hurt and people are having a good time, I'm totally in favor of it. But as you, if you really, truly, if another tournament tried to do it, I think it would be, it wouldn't work for the other tournament and it would, and it would diminish the greatness of, not the greatness, but the fun of this one. So I think right now they've got it just where they want it. 
When you say nobody getting hurt, does that include alcohol poisoning or, or other bad decisions? No. You know, hangover is a hangover, but, you know, <laughs> falling off the, the top like you dropped your cell phone that you're at the Ryder Cup. Oh, man. From the top of a bleacher, that you don't want, but, you know, yeah. no, as long as they don't really Alan, your view on it? I like it. I mean, it's it's great fun. I was on the grounds just for a quick cameo because, as some of our listeners know, uh, we were out in, uh, in Phoenix for – uh, as guests of golf tech. And so I, I went out to the, the course on Tuesday and I hadn't actually been to the Phoenix open in probably a decade. I used to go a lot and I, I sort of forgot even on a Tuesday practice round, like the crowds they had on Tuesday, any other tournament on tour would have killed for those as Sunday crowds. It's just an unbelievable crush of humanity. And also how efficiently the whole thing operates. I mean, they've got it down to a science, the, the parking, I've never seen so many porta potties in my life. Uh, there's tons of people picking up trash. There's the infrastructure is so dialed, like that. I don't think any other place could pull this off, including Augusta National. I mean, it's just the way the way they they run the whole thing. The Thunderbirds and others is is deeply impressive. And I don't know if this is true, but I a couple people responded on Twitter about it. Um, is that they've never officially sold out they usually just keep selling tickets and it got so popular this year that they shut off ticket sales on saturday and sunday it's like it have, i mean it is waste management has done it right and and honestly the biggest conversation is like i don't even know if they really needed it to be an elevated event because i think the tournament is one of the few times the tournament is the show right like no one really cares who's on 16 like everybody was going absolutely ape shit last year when sam Ryder made a hole in one it really doesn't have to be it's not it's not about the players the show is the show 80 percent of the fans on the 16th hole don't even know who any of the players are anyway so <laughs> yeah it doesn't really matter that's a good point i will say before we move on from the question is it is it fun or not fun or good for golf or not good I do, I do. In this era of social media and everything else, there is a fatigue factor. I think by like Thursday or Friday, I'm already a little over it because it's just from from Monday morning on, it's nonstop. Just to catch people up, because we're talking about the 16th, we're watching, we're trying something new. We're kind of watching it live as this goes, and uh, Scotty just pulled it left against the grandstand on 16, not in a good position. The pin is tucked left. It, this is dangerous to say since this will be broadcast later, but he's making four. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to miss left there. Um, so, yeah, it, th- that's my only complaint is it's just too much uh, Phoenix Open by uh, a certain point in the week. But that, Hey, that's Alan, a- I've, got a great, I've got a great cure for that. 54 hole shotgun start. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, Limited exactly. field. Limited field. Um, but you, you mentioned the, the elevated status, Ryan. I mean – you're right, but it I t- it has elevated the whole thing. I mean, this leaderboard: Scheffler, Rom, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Um, you know, he's gone backwards a little bit, but. And how about Nick Taylor is going to win this golf tournament over all of these people? He just hit it to the. Oh God! Slow down! Oh my God! It just went off. I apologize. <laughs> I this, thought it was no, no. Was he, well, yeah, you're right. This well, is the perils of broadcasting three. live on a very firm yeah. golf course. The ball just keeps trickling. Yeah, I was <laughs> like, oh, he's going to win, but. Just to be clear, I, I mean, I agree with you. I mean, I'm looking at the at the leaderboard. Scheffler, Rom, JT, Jason Day, Ricky was up there for a while. And Nick Taylor, of all people. I know he has two PGA Tour wins, but, you know, 
very nondescript player for the most part. And well, you know, you make a really good Ryan. Like when you were saying that like, it doesn't even need to be a um, an elevated event. I was saying, oh yeah, it really doesn't need to be. Except you quickly forget nobody plays unless it is an elevated event. Uh, in other words, we could have a great show. But you're not going to have these players. Uh, not one of them. Not one of these. You know, Ricky. Well, Fowler Rom plays every year, doesn't he? Yeah, because he's Arizona's home game. But Although even even his nerves are are frayed. Like he got into kind of an altercation with the fans. Um, someone was shouting at him and dropped an f bomb. He stopped and glared for a long time um, yesterday. So everybody just hit it over the green on 17. Rom Scheffler and Nick Taylor. It's Over such a sucker pin. You got to hit it about 167, not 175. I mean, spoken like a true caddy right there. Mm-hmm. Look at him. Oh, Still wait. got it. If, if only you'd been on Tom Watson's bag. I'm going to say every second hole at Turnberry. Could have kept it from going over that green, Michael. I don't know. As you know, Alan, my close personal friend, Neil Oxman, and he really is a close personal friend, <laughs> like David Simlow III, who is I have a nice friendship with. But Neil, Tom Watson's caddy, is truly a close personal friend. First off, Neil wasn't involved. Second off, the chances of it, we're really going down a road here, but the chances of any caddy telling Tom Watson anything anywhere ever is zero. One, two, he had, he had a perfect shot. It just took a hard bounce. Wow. He, can't, he carried it too far. I will go to my grave. I was standing right there, and I was watching a lot of shots come in, and you just had to land it 10 yards short of where he landed it. Like You would think that the master of all links – Talking about Tom Watson, not you, Michael, would know that. But anyway, we, you know who com- you know who completely agree- you know who completely agrees with you, Stuart Sink. Absolutely, <laughs> yeah, he, he carried it too far, but not. He doesn't say ten; he says four. But four, yeah. you know, that's asking a lot on a links course to distinguish that's between. A lot. Yeah, and you know, the guy was pumped full of adrenaline. Like it's likely he's going to carry it a little too far, unless he accounts for that. But without going down the the Turnberry rabbit hole, which wasn't. Would you write that? Would you write that night? I um I wrote I, all the guys who blew it, if I recall correctly. Um, I've told the story before, but not a long time. Everyone always forgets Lee Westwood should have won that thing. He three putted the seventy second hole to miss the playoff by one stroke, and I followed him into the locker room. And it was it was it was a cool scene. You know, the, the fabled locker room is is not a thing like golf fans believe you know the guys clear out a lot there's very little hanging out and card playing and telling tales you know maybe in the old days but not anymore but this was an exception i don't know why it was just there was a bunch of players in there drinking and watching the finish and westwood came in and they were hooting and hollering you know because things were happening and westwood walked in and went dead silent it was like they had actually seen a ghost and I, you know, I was behind him, so I couldn't see his face, but, um, he, he just snaked through this sort of Byzantine locker room and, and wound up laying on this bench, hyperventilating. And it was, no one was there. And I was, I wasn't going to ask him any questions. I was just kind of observing, but at some point I was like, do I need to go call medical personnel? Like it was serious. Like it, it, it tells you like these guys put on a brave face, but man, what's going on inside is, is different. I'll never forget that. Um, but so this is now the first full field elevated it, uh, elevated event. We had Kapalua, which always just feels like a little bit like an exhibition. And even though they added some non-winners to buff out the field, this is the first time we had a lot of guys there and had like the Nick Taylors of the world. I mean, I think as as Ryan has alluded to, and it's it's all the talk of the tour that the elevated events next year are going to go to seventy players, no cuts. 
and just basically be WGCs. I think this this week is a great rebuttal. I mean, you had a full field. You had a Monday qualifier. You had all kinds of long shots and dreamers. You have one guy who might actually pull it off. Um, so I, I would I would be I would wonder. I mean, obviously you have to see how they build the fields, but I would guess the last couple of seasons that Nick Taylor has had, he's probably not even a part of this field at seventy. Uh, and so very borderline. Yeah, yeah. So it's and, like again, I I just. And this has nothing to do, well, it has something to do with Liv, is that we all say it's boring because there's no cuts. The WGCs didn't make it because it's boring and no cuts. And, you know, just it never worked. So now we're going back to that. It just, like, it boggles my mind. Quick question, j- just for clarification. Is it a done deal? No. Uh, 70 no cuts? They have not announced okay. it. I think that would be a grotesque. What, so where, where is it? It's just in the stages of discussion. Correct. It's, there's a vicious battle happening behind the scenes amongst the right. the middle class right. and the 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 ruling class, the PGA Tour. And well, if the ruling class were a little smarter, for one thing, they would definitely want full field with a cut because for one thing, they're rulers today. But when they're 36, they'll be looking to get in. That's number one. And number two is you're going to kill the PGA tour, as we know it, if you go all these events, 70, no cut, it would say it's not even a, a conversation though. And I'm not even talking about Ryan's thing about protecting Mondays, which I think is great. And he argued it beautifully in a story the other day. I'm just talking about the lifeblood of the PGA tour for the ordinary fan to show up there anytime Thursday, Friday, and you know, you're going to watch golf to have two waves to, to be hanging on that board Friday night to see if you make the cut or not. That's the PJ Tour. You're, you're actually going to kill, I hate this word, your product if you do that. Well, I mean, this tournament is the rebuttal to that, though, Michael, because what do we say? We're all jo- we're all jolly because of the leaderboard. Scotty Scheffler, John Rahm, Justin Thomas, Jordan Spieth. Those were the names we were excited about. You had to make a 36-hole cut there to be there on, on Friday. Every one of those guys had a moment on Thursday where they were going south. Not necessarily everyone, but some of them certainly did, where they turned it around. Uh, so I don't, I don't know. I don't agree. Let's. Scotty's about slow. to make four, like, like Michael said. He's got a fifteen footer. Yeah. 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 Interesting. Uh, I, I mean, I mean, obviously, very biased. I want Monday qualifiers, but even if that that doesn't happen, it just has to be, in my opinion, it has to be full field, one hundred thirty-two. However, you make it up, uh, or one hundred twenty, or whatever. It just cannot. It cannot be seventy. It just. Like I just don't know how we say that live is a mess because there's no cut and all that kind of stuff, and then we and WGC suck, and then we come back and do it. I just don't get it. Now I do understand that the top players in the world are looking at their people who have left: Cam Smith, Brooks, Bryson, all getting paid at no cut events. So I get their point of it. Uh, they're like, "Hey, we have negotiating power. We're the we're the reason all this money comes in." We want to get paid, but I think they are in a lot of ways. So that's just my take. I'm just saying they're not entirely wrong because it's the stars that make the events memorable, the big events. Um, um, I know it's an unpopular view, but I think that the, the casual fan is enjoying seeing these packed leaderboards with a bunch of big names. You know, you had it at Kapalua, you have it here. We'll see how Riviera plays out, but on such a strong golf course, I'm, I would expect that you'll have a bunch of top 10, top 20 players fighting it out. Like, I think the fans may not share our purest instincts and they're enjoying the star power. So um, it's going to be an interesting part of the debate. I mean, I, I, I'd be curious if the, if the PGA Tour 
commissions any focus groups with actual fans like i would i would love to know maybe i'll put up on twitter and we'll just get uh, we'll get a little bit of a an insight into it but um it's it's a fascinating don't, question don't we have don't we have a historic that the wgcs didn't work i mean we already have a historic relevance like uh I, I don't know uh i hope i'm wrong i hope i hope they switch uh i don't want any part of 70 no cut fields and all these players and it's going to be impossible to break into and how do you move up the money list when you're missing every event if you're 71st player how do you move up by winning seven non-elevated events i just don't get it one problem with the wgc comparison is that they were tournaments that had no history or tradition and they had the so we're just going to change the history of tournaments that well, have tradition but I'm, but obviously you know kapalua has that riviera has that phoenix has that so you're you have more of an emotional attachment to these tournaments when also they had the title world in it and they wound up hanging out in akron and tucson and places like that like they never fulfilled their mandate and they just went to boring courses here's here it is like listen i know i'm in the minority but we are looking at the number one player in the world if scotty wins and the 232nd player in the world nick taylor and they're going blow for blow and it's entertaining it's entertaining as hell and uh again i don't I don't know how they'll make it up or whatever, but Nick Taylor would definitely, prior to this week, assume if he wins, would have been on the outside looking in at this event. I would, I would guess. Here's Scheffler's par putt. Oh, Michael, you're wrong. He did not make four. He made a three. Dead center, fifteen feet. Son of a biscuit. That was outstanding. That, yep. That's an all-world three run. right there, especially Good with run. you know that if you miss that putt, they're going to just rain down booze on you, man. <laughs> that's some up and down and that makes nick taylor uh, six he, foot he really didn't drop uh about yeah, 12 feet he, he really didn't drop he did not drop great that is some that is some uh, up and down there uh quick question for you guys there there's a we all know about power mutual betting but i learned this morning there's another thing called in the world of internet betting called custom betting what i wanted to do was bet chef look at this thing it's going zero miles per hour when it falls in He's waving like, oh, yeah, all day long, but that ball could have been short. Um, there's another thing on the internet called custom betting. And what I wanted to do this morning, but I didn't want to give up all the personal information. You got to give up like where you are to some, you know, offshore company. But anyway, what I wanted to do was bet Sheffield or win Phoenix and the Eagles. I live in Philadelphia to win the Super oh, Bowl. That would have been easy. In they combination with each there. other. And that's called, I would have thought that's called power mutual betting because you got two things going on sort of, but it's actually called making a custom bet. Do you guys have any experience with this? Have you ever? Uh, I love when Michael discovers something new about the internet that you can actually, there's actually online betting. Who knew? <laughs> He's like, I used to just call my bookie. <laughs> is that is that things people don't do? I got the line out of the Philadelphia Inquirer and I called my bookie. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes people people make fun crazy custom bets and michael you can do anything insane you could do a three-way bet with the the coin flip's going to be a heads and uh there's going to be a streaker on the 16th again and the eagles are going to win by seven you can do whatever you want right and whether and whether Seppi Graf and Agassi's kids will make it to a Wimbledon yeah, final, exactly. <laughs> lay it now, Charlie Woods. I'm sure there's odds whether he wins a Masters. Here comes Nick Taylor's putt. By by custom is you have to screenshot the bet and put it on social media so everyone can haze yeah. you or root along with you or whatever. Yeah. But, um, 
that is a great part of this podcast when Michael is like, did you know that you could and you're like <laughs> rent a car and it's not even it's not even a rental car place it's a personal car <laughs> yeah do you know that when and when alan even alan younger than i by a lot uh, first started in british opens you didn't get a rental oh, car you, you got it. a higher car that's it but now wow that's bad putt the uh um but now when you go to the uk even they say it's a rental car Nobody uses the phrase "hire a car" anymore. That's sad because I love I love all the old like I know. they did like the UK guys. They, they'll say when they're referring to a person, it's not that he's named; it's that he's called. Yeah, this guy called Mike, who lives in Philadelphia, and just it made, little yeah. things like that always make me yeah. smile. Um, Mike's gone. To, Mike's gone to hospital because his pinky's broken. Gone to hospital. Yes. <laughs> I, uh, I learned a new one from Paul McGinley. I was just interviewing him, and we were tunneling deep on old. Um, it was about when this is from my book about live, of course, when the strategic alliance was born and the PGL was trying to forge a a uh, an alliance with the European tour, and then Monaghan swooped in. It's actually a really fascinating part of the whole thing that nobody, I don't think, has paid attention to. McGinley was a board member for the European tour, and he's talking about Monaghan, you know, who came in like guns blazing, and he's like, he showed us the color of his eyes. I was like, that's a good one. I'm going to keep that one, Paul. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, especially his eyes. I mean, he's. I mean, that is one of his defining characteristics. Yeah, yeah. But that's that's an Irishism for you know when you're when you're really serious about something. And um, I loved it. But anyway, we digress. I, I how about this for an Irishism? I was I was Michelle Smith, the uh, Irish swimmer, uh, won a bunch of uh, medals at an Olympics. She got way faster at a way older age than anybody ever did. And I'm at a bar and I'm like, how am I going to report the story? You know, the question was whether she was performance sensing drugs or not. And uh, the guy at the bar says to me, uh, you'll get your story, man. I said, why do you say that? He said, oh, dear. Now that I've started this, I hope you're allowed to even use these terms. Imagine him. The black lady with the yellow beard. I said, what are you talking about? Get a stout, man. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid of getting fired for the wrong thing, as I'm saying. No. There's really nothing we'll wrong check, with We'll that, double check it. I'm sure it's fine. <laughs> Alan, yeah. Jake, weigh in on that. Is If I'm going to get fired for telling that, could we excise it? Because yeah. I'd like to keep this job. Of course. The, getting fired is not the issue. It's getting canceled by popular culture, and yeah. and you know, Matt. I'm not even in popular Matt, culture, so that's not an issue. Mass <laughs> uprisings of the people. That's Michael, you have to worry about, Michael. Michael will learn he's been canceled in the Philadelphia Inquirer <laughs> in three days. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he'll be the last to know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've um, been what? <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. So let, it looks like Sky Scheffler is now, in fact, going to win this tournament. He's going to go back to number one and quite a performance because he's such a down-to-earth happy-go-lucky guy clearly great at golf but never clear to me how hot the fire is burning inside but i love that he came out and you know obviously john rom and rory McIlroy have been playing insane golf for the last six months or longer and there's been a debate are they number which is the real number one there's cam smith loyalist who put him in that conversation no one has mentioned scotty scheffler in a long time like he he started 2022 on fire and he cooled off a little bit, but him saying, I want to be number one and, and then going out and doing it. That that's pretty ballsy. I'm, I'm count me in on Scotty Shuffler. Can, can I just make a quick comment on, on Scotty Shuffler where I really didn't know anything about him until the masters. Uh, what really w- won me over was when he talked about that Sunday morning, crying in his wife's arms 
I don't know if I'm ready to do this. And I mean, I was one of the most honest to God, one of the most revealing personal quotes I've ever heard from professional athlete anywhere. It was so unexpected from such a young guy. Um, so I think, I think things he's, he's young in, in age only. Uh, Michael, <laughs> he's like an 80 year old, 20 year old. I know. <laughs> and the amazing thing is if you look at like college pictures, he looks like he was 80 back then. I mean, it's just, yeah. he's, he's timeless in a certain way. He's, he, he's like, he was born old and he's always going to be old, but this um, is, this is a random Monday Q fact. Okay. Uh, <laughs> That's why you're on this podcast, Ryan. Go ahead. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, the Utah open in, uh, in Utah is a corn ferry event and the Monday uh, qualifier is played on a very wide open not short but because it's at uh, elevation short uh, three five par fives and uh, they take 12 players and it's often 63 and better there's usually like a 60 all the way down to a 63 two players tied in the 2018 Monday qualifier for T18, missing by two strokes after shooting both bogey-free 66s. One, Will Zalatoris. Two, Scotty Scheffler. T18, Corn Ferry Monday. Shot 66, didn't get through. Now both top five players in the world. I mean, I don't know what Will is, but he would be if he wasn't injured. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, I I really became a Scheffler fan at the Ryder Cup Um at Whistling Straits. I mean, he just played incredible. And if you remember, John Rahm was just a machine. Like he he was he was stealing souls out there. Nobody wanted to play him on Sunday. And Scheffler beat him and beat him soundly. And that that was that was a big time moment. And all week long he was hitting great shots and just seemed to thrive in that environment. And there's a long history of, of players having that that bounce from the the Ryder Cup going all the way back to Fred Couples, you know, whomever. But uh, Scheffler went to a different level that week and he's just never stopped getting better. Here's my serious take on this as we talk often about how Liv has taken all of the villains and where I don't I don't know I don't know if we miss them, but how great would it be right now if it was instead of Nick Taylor, no offense to Nick Taylor, good for him. He's having an amazing tournament. How great would it be for the golf world if it was Patrick Reed and Scotty Scheffler going, you know, Shot for shot right now, one of the most or probably the most hated professional golfer in the world against a guy who's, you know, super nice and well-liked and all of those things. Like, that is where Liv has too many villains, so it doesn't work because they don't have any good guys. Uh, <laughs> and, the, and the PJ Tour has lost all their villains. You, you know what I mean? You know, you know where you might have you know where you might have that, Ryan? During the dessert course Tuesday night in Augusta. That's <laughs> <Masters week. laughs> true. Yeah. No, you're but right. But seriously, I mean, it would be great if it was like we miss the villains. Like we might not miss them, but like right here would be so awesome if it was Scotty and Patrick going head for head. You know, I guarantee you that before Keith Pelly closes his eyes every night, he's saying a little prayer to the golf gods, begging for the European Tour to lose the court case that was just heard in the UK. Um, that would and that if the, if the European Tour loses, the live guys will get to play in Europe pretty much as much as they want. And that would be a tremendous turn of events for the European tour, which has just been bleeding stars for two decades and can't keep its homegrown talent. And all of a sudden that would become a regular occurrence because, um, you know, there's, 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 there, there'll just be more mixing. Otherwise it's just going to be the majors, which will add, of course, as we've discussed a lot of friction to, to the majors, but you know, Augusta, you have to be sort of on your best behavior and, 
you get to the PGA and, and the and the US Open and the it's the stakes are so high, the courses are so challenging. Like that stuff's gonna take a backseat a little bit. No one's gonna no one's gonna wanna get sucked into that stuff when when there's a major championship on the line. But a week a weekly tour event, either in Europe or the PG tour, that would be epic. So I agree with your But Al Alan as others have suggested, how about instead of a president's cup? Uh, a live versus PGA Tour Cup. I asked a couple of guys about that um, actually earlier this week, and on the PGA Tour players, and they basically dismissed it, saying that the live guys would have all the motivation. It's kind of like it, it's like Golden State Warriors versus the Memphis Grizzlies. Like the Warriors don't consider it a rivalry because the other team's not in their league, and you know they're they're irritated that people even consider that to be a thing and i think i think the tour guys feel that way as well like they have everything to lose and nothing to gain the live dudes would be you know fighting for their life out there and um which of course is why we should have it because that it would the energy would be spectacular but even if you go all the way up to the pond or beach level i don't think the tour wants to associate in any way shape or form but it is fun to talk about and it's fun to it would require such a massive sense of humor on the PGA Tour's part to even entertain the idea. We know that funny is not really their thing. thing. <laughs> What's the level of shock about uh, Tiger Eldrick Woods playing next week oh. at the Riviera Tournament? Shock. True shock. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's his tournament. He's the host. Uh, it's it's He's doing a solid to the sponsors. You know, he's... It's where he played his first event when he was 16. If there's any regular tour event he was going to try and soldier through, it's definitely going to be that one. So, is he going to take a sled down the first hole? Like, I mean, how is he going to manage that hill? That place, I caddied. So last year, Mark Baldwin played, got paid to play in the uh, the pro am. I caddied. That place sucks. I mean, that walk up 18 will kill you, dude. Well, yeah, that's a big hill, but. Once you get to the first fairway, from the first fairway to the 18th fairway, it's not that bad. It's a relatively flat piece of land. I mean, it's very flat, honestly. But yeah, that finish is no joke. That is true. That's a really good point, Alan. Once you get down there, it's really a valley until until about 18. No, when you talk about the Uh, the great flat golf courses in the world, Rivera's in that conversation. That's really, I never thought, in my mind, I think, oh, it's hilly, but it really isn't. Augusta National is hilly. That place place isn't. But also, it's going to be dry. I think had it been wet, I don't think, you you know, if you're coming on course, coming off the course, as you often are at Riviera, Los Angeles, winter weather being so unpredictable i don't think he would have played but when the weather showed you know it was straight week of sunshine and you know you know if you're going to tee it up you're going to finish the round i think that made it much more palatable i'm totally guessing but just knowing does tiger woods make the cut alan ship <laughs> oh they, ha- they have a cut <laughs> um i'm gonna say no but <clears throat> excuse me i mean like like everyone this time of year Every professional golfer of a certain stature is is gearing towards Augusta. Like you hit Florida, which is the week after LA, and it's all about the run up to the Masters. And so I think for Tiger, you know, the end of his of his of his season last summer was such a dud. Um, he's trying to figure out where he is, and the Hero World Challenge, you know, is is not it. Like he's got to he's got to be forced to walk tough conditions really challenging golf course and oh my god oh my god michael watch this lip out watch this lip out i'm ahead of the thing that's that's harsh what uh uh what makes the cut there 140 ish yeah let's look last year 
a total score. By the score. way, I, when I say lip out, Nick Taylor, I mean, did a full 360. That was a full 360. It was, it was brutal. Even par 142 made the cut last year at Riviera. But 19 under won it. Incredible. If there was a way to uh, to make a prop bet on whether Tiger Woods was going to make the cut, I'm going to bet he makes the cut. Because for, for one thing, he grinds out the last four holes on Friday better than probably anybody who's ever played if the cut's on the line. He's done it numerous, numerous times. Well, that's the, that's the old Tiger. I mean, it, no one's ever going to question his grit, but what will his body let him do with a fused spine and one leg? Like... It's not a question of his desire, but can he actually make his body move the way he wants to when it really matters? Like that's an open question. And um, you know, if if he gets a if he has like a late early draw and he, and he's got to get up at two in the morning to get ready for his second round and the winds whip in, like it's just I don't know. It's it's a big ask. I, it's fun to even talk about because it's Tiger Woods, but. Um, you know, Alan, he's going to get a late, late draw. He's going to be the one guy in the show with a late, late draw. Just a quick side note as we're watching this. Uh, this this is the live effect in a very weird way. Uh, Ricky Fowler showed up in a Cobra ad, and Tiger Woods, his own self, showed up in a tailor-made ad. And, and that's the live effect because there's nobody around who can sell golf clubs except for those two. <laughs> the... Uh- yeah, uh, side note to Scotty Scheffler, who's going to win now? Who's ahead by? Uh, he's ahead by three, heading to the 18th. But Ted Scott has done well for himself. Wow, uh, has did, he ever? He really has. He, I mean, did very well with Bubba, and uh, you know, and they separated, and he picked up a pretty decent bag. Uh, he had, he has done a very well for himself. He, starting by the fact he survived Bubba. <laughs> Yeah, well, well said. He went from I, one of the he. I mean, I never thought about that side of it. He went from like one of the probably the hardest on caddies to like Scotty Scheffler, who wouldn't like probably doesn't say a sideways word to him the whole time. Yeah, I mean, it, it, in this era of inflated purses, uh, I know for a fact that some players are no longer paying ten percent for a win. But even if you're making seven percent of two point seven, that's three point six. 2.6 yeah that's a heck of a week isn't it uh i think i think doesn't the winner get 2.7 i think it's 3.6 but i could be wrong what on on 20 million yeah yeah you're right ryan 3.6 million to the winner Ooh, that's man. um that's a good day that's a good day for ted scott that's a good day for scotty oh yeah and john just hit it right in the middle of the drink i think nope in the bunker oh he skips it out skips it out of the bunker into the fairway Oh man, that's going to go in the water? No, no. Uh, I thought you said it was in the drink. I didn't. I thought so. I missed something. <laughs> Don't rely on Ryan for your play-by-play. The yeah. uh, terrible. John Rom standing more upright to the ball than he used to be. I don't know. Um, possibly a fraction, but okay. He's I mean, he's tall. Can he stand no, upright? He's, he's a short fellow. <laughs> he's thick, though, man. With two he C's. Is thick. John Rom speaks English better than certainly anybody on this podcast, <laughs> but really probably in the top 0.01% of anybody in golf. He, he's a great interview. I, mean, I just love listening to the guy. He's just, he must be very bright. Yeah, he's so thoughtful. He's so precise and do you, with his language. Do you know how language. he learned English, Michael? You may not know that. I don't. Listening to, no, I don't. When he came to Arizona State from Spain, he didn't speak any English. He just listened to hip hop lyrics 
That was how he learned. I love that. Like he can freestyle Kendrick Lamar for days. It's impressive. Wow. Um, but that's neat. He should have come with. He should have come with us to the movies that night in Milwaukee. <laughs> that's right. Still waiting on that story. <laughs> yeah, Ryan's still waiting. Uh, just watch the movies, Ryan. When you finally hear the story, there is a story. We went to the movies. We've done that a lot. <laughs> We'd go bowling if we could find a bowling alley. I mean, whatever. Uh, well, what what else do we need to discuss before we release the listeners? This could be a, a, a one of the rare this could be a record. fire drills. Yeah, this could be a record. Uh, Short fire drill. Andy Ogletree. We can discuss Andy, Andy Ogletree. I tweeted about him today. He's playing great. That dude, Good golfer. Like, I mean, like lost as lost can be. I think I tried to, I meant to look back, but I think that first live event, he finished last by, I think at least seven strokes. I'm pretty A lot. Sure. Yes. I mean, I think he fired 84 and I don't think there was any. I mean, he seven. was hurt in his defense. He was, he went over no, there. I hurt. agree. I know, but exactly. I, I totally agree. But that event probably saved his career because it gave him some money and wins on Asian tour last year and then has played great. Another top 10 this this week, two back-to-back top 10s. And the PJ Tour can't do anything about it. He's coming to the PJ Tour. He's going to get through Q school and they're going to hate everything about it. Uh, unless well, you know, they try to hold up some ban for anybody that played over there. Right. Well, in, in his case, he wasn't a tour member when he went over there. That's where he's he's different from um, you know a lot of these other guys. And the the tour is on a little bit of shaky footing, and they know it. So they're just gonna they're gonna stand aside and let him resume his career because they have no chance of winning that lawsuit. Uh, so, but yeah, Andy, Andy, it's funny the players who have emerged as focal points in this in this new world order. The Andy Ogletrees, the Taylor Gucci's, um, players who. We didn't give a lot of thought to, but because they were in the right or the wrong place at the right or the wrong time, uh, they they take on this this deeper meaning. It's um, you know they're both gonna they're both gonna factor in, in this live book I'm writing because their stories are very interesting. Well, we have to watch Scotty hit his second shot, so we have to come up with something because if he does something crazy, like put it in the stands and we're not here, we we've done this show to like as a like uh, we're gonna kind of do it live, have reactions. And what if like Scotty shanks it into the water or something and we're not here to react to it? Is there any, uh, who do we know from uh, who's on site player caddy or otherwise at this uh, Phoenix open that's actually going to the Super Bowl tonight? Has that been discussed Ooh, at all this a good week? Question. I don't know. I would assume a lot of guys. A lot of guys are going from what I heard. I don't, I don't have a list, but the last time the, the Super Bowl was, was in Phoenix during the week of the tournament. I did both myself. It actually wasn't that bad. I mean, some guys were trying to organize helicopters and stuff. It was a pretty easy drive because I think people get to the Super Bowl so early to tailgate and soak it all in. Like, I just roared up and um, Keegan Bradley and a couple other guys, I think Webb Simpson, they told me where they're sitting. I was trying to find them in the crowd, but it was um, it was a challenge. But uh, yeah, it, it's definitely a thing. Uh, I'll be curious if, you know, if the cameras find them at all. That'll be interesting. It wasn't I can't remember what it was. I was like, I think it was Monday Night Football. Weren't Tiger and Jordan Spieth in um like a luxury suite in the camera panned and they didn't recognize Spieth. He was just sitting there without a hat on and <laughs> we went completely unremarked upon. Am I remembering that correctly? This I don't was know. years I don't ago. That. This was like early Spieth, but it was so funny. Wow. I, I just looked it up. Uh, I was wondering when was the last time I went to Phoenix. Uh, who who would make a guess? What was Johnny Johnny Miller's last uh, broadcast was Phoenix. He played a lot of good golf in Phoenix, and uh, uh, 
Would anyone care to guess what was Johnny? What was the year that Johnny Miller did his last TV broadcast? Ooh, 2017. I was going to say 16. 19. It was only oh, a few years wow. ago. Feels like he's been hey, gone forever. Uh, uh, a shout yeah, out. That's my point. A shout out to. Uh, I just got a DM from one of the families that got to go. Tom Hoagie and uh, and Hayden Buckley both um, gave tickets to me to give away to uh, the Boys and Girls Club. And uh, I mean, I found the Boys and Girls Club, and I found another family that wanted to go, and uh, we paid the foundation paid for parking and everything. And just got a nice long message from the young girl and her family that went and uh, how much it meant to them. Those two guys uh, didn't know Tom was a follower or whatever, but I had put out something about Hayden giving me tickets. And he sent me a message and said, hey, I have 10 tickets left. You want to give them away? So super. That's killer. Super nice dudes. That's great. They yeah made made somebody's week or month or Whatever. Chef replace this. Uh, that's terrific, Ryan. Ryan, what is your insight into Aaron Rodgers' situation at uh, at Pebble? You've you <laughs> yeah. know his game. The darkness is actually Ryan's basement. He's going into Ryan's basement. <laughs> yeah, that's the darkness. He's coming out to Hubbard Lake, Michigan, to to get away. Uh, I refuse to disparage. Uh, I'm glad that they won at the Pebble Beach Pro Am. Uh, seemed to be as he had a good good week. Shot. A little less than his handicap, and good for him. <laughs> a lot less. Oh, a lot stop less. It. Stop it. Now, in fairness, they assign the handicaps. You don't choose your own handicap. I've never known anyone anywhere who ever said, upon getting too many shots, yeah, you're giving me too many shots. <laughs> That's a factual statement. And I actually uh, thought that on the UTI. At the UTI, I, on the third day, I had a, we had a seven-stroke lead. And my because of the chipping yips, <laughs> my handicap is legitimate. But also, in a in a best ball situation, ideal. Uh, <laughs> if you can ham and egg it, and that I was going to say something, and then I'm, no, this is this is right. It's accurate, and luckily I didn't say anything because we blew a seven shot lead in the final day. Uh, yeah, right, well, and also a place like Bandon, you can putt from off the green so easily yeah, that it sort exactly. of negates your your weakness, right? Because you hit the ball right. like a, like a scratch golfer. It's over. Uh this is the shortest fire pit fire drill ever. Forty two minutes. What are you talking about? This is I feel like <laughs> Well, we could talk about Bryce and DeShambo leaving um leaving um Cobra, which is And then Cobra just ripping him apart as he left. Like that was years of pent up frustration. Oh my god. They just that was, hammered that the poor the, guy. It's gonna and I don't mean that's what, 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 did, what did Cobra say? Like like you're a monster and don't door, door hit you on the way out. I'm paraphrasing, but that was pretty much it. <laughs> yeah. He, the, I think the exact quote, and I could be wrong. So this is, I think it was something like the guy doesn't live in a reality of like where, you know, he wants distance and control when he doesn't hit it on the center of the face, basically, you know? And they're like, uh, and the article went on to say, it's like, I mean, Cobra went all in. They had a whole research team just for Bryson. and. I mean, the guy is, he's, he's not, he's not, he's tough human to deal with from all I've heard. So, uh, what's he going to do? What, what kind of clubs is he going to play in the meantime? He's got Taylor Taylor made, I mean, I was going to tweet this out, but I just didn't want to deal with it all. Like Bryson DeChambeau. 
I mean, it wasn't long ago. He was one of the best players in the world. He is gone, like gone, gone. Like he missed the cut by seven at the Asian tour event. And we're not talking like a real deep field there, you know, like this guy is, he can't do it. Like he's, it's, it's astonishing. Yeah. I mean, it happens when, when players have physical injuries and they, they compensate in their swing and then they kind of, they, they lose their swing. I mean, whether it's David Duvall or whomever, I mean, it's not un, unheard of, but um, throw in the, the change in his body and changing from the tour to live. There's been a lot of tumult in the guy's life. Most of it, of course, self-induced, but um, it's fascinating. I mean, He's a young guy, and he's he was he was on very much of a Hall of Fame trajectory. You win the NCAA championship, the U.S. Amateur, the U.S. Open at Wingfoot. I mean, you're two thirds of the way there at that point, and um, we'll, we'll see what happens. He had the respect of Tiger Woods. Tiger, I mean, I almost can't believe that I'm saying it, but I saw it with my own eyes. Tiger actually standing there listening to Bryson. I saw it at Memorial. I saw it at uh, Riviera. And they played a I lot of practice rounds at, together. Uh, yeah. yeah. All right. Uh, I want to watch the Super Bowl. All right, gents. I have to do this. Michael, can you quickly tell us about the piece of art hanging above your head? I, uh, the, uh, the art. You're you nice to notice. The artist is a man named Hilame Jose. Christine and I went to Haiti on our honeymoon. We fell in love with Haitian art, and we probably have twenty or more pieces. What year by this, did uh, you go to Haiti? Very what talented. Year did you get married? He, what year did we go there? We went there after Papa Doc was out of office. Well, I should know this because I know what year we got married. I covered the Phillies in 1990. Wait, 90. did you do we you covered the Phillies and that's how you remember when you got married? Wow. Was what beat you were on? Yeah. We don't want to. Yes. We don't want to. Okay. Jake, that, let's make that the social Is there something cut? wrong with that? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. What BD was on was why how we do. You can think that, Michael. You can't say that out loud. That's yeah. I mean, that's dangerous. Wow. Okay, <laughs> I love it. That's a great uh, way to end this podcast. It's what, everything I love about this podcast. All praise to Christine Babberger. She's just yeah. unflappable. Amen. That's true. Yeah. yeah, that's true. All right, thank um, you guys. All right, well. Um, go Eagles and um, hmm. thanks to the listeners out there for sticking with us this has been another Fire Drill podcast uh, that was Ryan French I'm Alan Shipnuck Michael Bamberger is now in detention at home but um, we'll do this again next Sunday as we do every Sunday uh, for now let's go watch some football I bet big and I played to win made a fortune when my ship came in Ran the table, never thought I could fall Then the winter time hit me like a cannonball And now I can't shake this losing streak Every road I take is a dead-end street I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out Trying not to think what I'm thinking about I got thoughts in my head, can't get them out Trying not to think what I'm thinking about Hey guys, you know what this playground could use? A wine country, huh? A redwood forest would be cool Ski slopes! Wait! Did we just invent California? Discover why California is the ultimate playground at visitcalifornia.com 
You never want to find yourself out on the water fishing without the essentials. So it's best to always pack a Columbia PFG Solar Stream Elite hoodie to protect against the sun. I mean, it provides great protection and it's really breathable so you don't get hot. That's a win-win. Columbia PFG has a lot of great gear. So before you head out on the water, head over to Columbia.com slash PFG to shop their performance fishing gear. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.